Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 4 Answer me when I call, O God of my right. You gave me room when I was in distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. How long, you people, shall my honor suffer shame? How long will you love vain words and seek after lies? But know that the Lord has set apart the faithful for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. When you are disturbed, do not sin. Ponder it on your beds and be silent. Offer right sacrifices and put your trust in the Lord. There are many who say, Oh, that we might see some good. Let the light of your face shine it on us, O Lord. You have put gladness in my heart more than when their grain and wine abound. I'll both lie down and sleep in peace. For you alone, O Lord, make me lie down in safety. Daniel chapter 10, verses 2 through 19. At that time, I, Daniel, had been mourning for three weeks. I had eaten no rich food, no meat or wine had entered my mouth, and I had not anointed myself at all for the full three weeks. On the twenty-fourth day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, that is the Tigris, I looked up and saw a man clothed in linen, with a belt of gold from Euphaz around his waist. His body was like beryl, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of the burnished bronze, and the sound of his words like the roar of a multitude. I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. The people who were with me did not see the vision, though a great trembling fell upon them, and they fled and hid themselves. So I was left alone to see this great vision. My strength left me, and my complexion grew deathly pale, and I retained no strength. Then I heard the sound of his words, and when I heard the sound of his words, I fell into a trance, face to the ground. But then a hand touched me and roused me to my hands and knees. He said to me, Daniel, greatly beloved, pay attention to the words that I am going to speak to you. Stand on your feet, for I have now, bent, now, I, I have now been sent to you. So while he was speaking this word to me, I stood up trembling. He said to me, Do not fear, Daniel. For from the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words have been heard, and I have, become, and I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia opposed me twenty-one days. So Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I left him there with the prince of the kingdom of Persia, and have come to help you understand what is to happen to your people at the end of days. For there is a further vision for those days." While he was speaking these words to me, I turned my face toward the ground and was speechless. Then one in human form touched my lips, and I opened my mouth to speak, and said to the one who stood before me, My Lord, because of the vision such pains have come upon me that I retain no strength. How can my Lord's servant talk with my Lord? For I am shaking. No strength remains in me, and no breath is left in me. Again, one in human form touched me and strengthened me. He said, Do not fear, greatly beloved. You are safe. Be strong and courageous. When he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, 
Let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. 1 John chapter 2, verses 26 through 28. I write these things to you concerning those who would deceive you. As for you, the anointing that you receive from him abides in you, and so you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and is true and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him, so that when he is revealed we may have confidence and not be put to shame before him at his coming. Good morning, and welcome to the second Friday of Eastertide. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Cedar Pines Park, California. The reading this morning comes to us from uh, Psalm 4, Daniel 10, and 1 John 2. And I have to apologize for missing yesterday and uh, recording so late today. Um, As is the case with any vacation, it's hard to do work and also be on vacation. And I'm not really on vacation. I'm still writing frantically for God is a Grunt. But um, I'm broadcasting from a family's house uh, up in the mountains of California in Cedar Pines Park. Um, And you may have heard the trash truck come right by me. I'm just recording from the car. I don't have my usual setup. I don't have the microphone. Um, So that's probably why it sounds different, maybe worse. Um, But this morning we have this um, story from the book of Daniel. And I I wanted to double check it, but I I wanted to also record as quickly as possible. Um, uh, And oh, and part of the reason it's so late is because uh, California is three hours earlier. So I didn't wake up with the girls until uh, what time is it? It's like eight o'clock right now. Um, that means I'm not going to be posting it until lunchtime, uh, East Coast time. Anyway, the story from Daniel um, features an angel who was delayed by the, the prince of Persia for 21 days. And I think it happens before, except uh, the angel speaking to Daniel is not Michael. Uh, maybe it's Gabriel, maybe it's one of the other, you know, many angels, Um but I believe the story happens elsewhere. I just didn't want to take the time to confirm it just because I figured it would take too long. But um, Michael is reassuring Daniel because Daniel has been praying for 21 days. Um, morning, in fact. And he hasn't eaten uh, very much. He hasn't taken wine or meat. And so he's, his strength has left him, he says. And Daniel, or I'm sorry, um, the angel says, I, I came as soon as he called, um, but I was delayed by the prince of Persia. So Michael came to my assistance, and uh, then I, I left him with the prince, and I came to you. Um, and I, I thought this was really interesting, because wherever it happens before, I think, I think it's Michael, and he doesn't have someone else to come with him. He just, like, he just does battle with, you know, whoever delays him, and he comes finally. But in this instance, in Daniel, we've got this, like, tag team. And it made me think, uh, the first thing that went through my mind was, even angels have battle buddies. Um, Even angels are, uh, you know, A, need assistance from time to time, 
and B, work together. And so we don't know who um, is talking to Daniel. The two named angels, um, or most well-known named angels, are Gabriel and Michael. And so we can pretend or, or assume that it is Gabriel, at least from this passage. Um, and Michael um, is typically the more, uh, is depicted as the, the general of God's armies. Um, it's Michael that most scholars believe um, greets Joshua before they enter Jericho. And Joshua says, oh, you know, he sees this guy in military attire and he says, are you friend or foe? And Michael, and the, or the angel says, I'm neither. I'm on the side of God. Um, and so um, Michael is, is typically regarded as kind of like the, the commanding general of the heavenly host. And so Gabriel, uh, who this might be, is one of you know, the lieutenants or the field commanders, I suppose. Um, and rank doesn't seem to matter for the angels. It's not that Michael was higher ranking and so he couldn't be bothered to come out and help this other angel. It's just that there, there seems to be inequality. Uh, and it, that's why it made me think of battle buddies. Like, your battle buddy may outrank you or vice versa. Typically within, you know, just one or two E-grades. Um, but, like, it doesn't matter. It's that person who looks out for you and who you look out for. Um, and there's, you know, there's no questions asked. When someone's in trouble, when your battle buddy's in trouble, you go help them. Um, and it, it's, I always thought of it as this kind of, like, cheesy kind of name. Like, sh- couldn't we think of a better name than battle buddy? Because <laughs> I I think I'm predisposed against this buddy term, but anyway, um, but the, I mean, there's this deep abiding camaraderie that the military uh, is able to create, and part of that is I think you know nobody has to be convinced that combat is meaningful. You know, if you lose, your whole family might get you know raped and pillaged, right? And so combat and war and military service has taken on very clear. And very deep meaning, but in spiritual matters, uh, there because they rely on faith, it's not as the meaning that it receives is is much. It's more internal. Like nobody, you know, as much as I wish it weren't true, the church doesn't do a good job of reminding us credibly that what it is engaging in and what it asks us to engage in, uh, you know, we'll say spiritual combat, for lack of a better word, that it actually has deep meaning and that it actually is meaningful. We are sensory creatures. And so we don't, you know, we, we trust the things we can see, touch, taste, feel, and that's just not what faith is about. It's about belief. And we believe that we, uh, Christians believe that we, uh, enter eternity when we become Christians. And so this life that we may have for, you know, a, a handful of decades, that really kind of pales in comparison with the time that we'll have as eternal beings, or as you know, in the hereafter. And so if you think about it, if you really believe, this life is not as important. Yes, you might die. And yes, you will suffer tragedy. But what's more important is is what you do with this life that that sets you up for the next one, and so um, there's this reversal that that we believe will happen. 
that the things that we can touch, taste, see, feel, that they will pass away, um, that this thing that we experience when Christ comes again is much more important. And so angels, um, you know, they, they don't have corporeal bodies. They only exist as eternal beings. So you don't, you know, faith for them is just not the same. Um, because we go through these lives um, with other people, we think that, you know, physical combat or warfare is more meaningful. And that's not true. Um, what is true is that the, the things that we can't see uh, have power and are, in fact, more meaningful. Um, and I say all this because uh, the bonds that we form in combat, in military service, are so strong because the, 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 the need, the meaning, the stakes are really clear. And so in terms of faith, we don't think that there is clear. And so our, our Christian brothers and sisters, are um, we don't see them as, as importantly or, or as closely. Um, we, you know, for a lot of people, it's, it's kind of like a game. You know, you go to church on Sunday because you're expected to. Um, but spiritual battle buddies, uh, like Michael and this angel that, uh, that comes to, to Daniel's assistance, they're the model for what it means to, um, you know, to be battle buddies in this uh, more spiritual sense. Um, just as important. Um, and if we took it as important, those bonds would be all the more meaningful, like the early monastics and um, some of the um, nonviolent Christian soldiers like uh, Martin Luther King and Ralph Abernathy. Um, like those bonds, if we believe, if we believe, and I think many of us do, if we believe that war and the rest, like the things that are right here in front of our face, pale in comparison to what's really real, um, then those bonds that we form with other people that help us in those more important things that we cannot see and taste and feel right now, they would be much stronger. Um, and uh, so I, I think that's why, I don't know, it just stood out to me that here are angels doing this thing that to me still seems so intrinsically human, you know, coming to help one another. Like, aren't angels really powerful? Like, why does why does this guy need Michael to come to his assistance? But he does. Uh, and so that's a reminder that, for me, that there's something else that's going on in this realm that we can't see, touch, taste, see, and feel. Um, and that there's a certain reality, uh, which is kind of ironic. There's, there's this, like, kind of... Uh, oh, there's a trash can again. Um, there's this earthiness to heavenly matters um, but too often we don't see that um, too often we we venerate human relationships over and above spiritual relationships or earthly relationships and um, I don't want to go into too much detail but I think that that's um, when I read of when I read this passage it makes me it reminds me um, that there's something beyond these earthly relationships that we have um, and I would like to think that is an encouragement for friends and um, uh, congregations uh, to come to one another's assistance much more readily. Um, but too often we're occupied by earthly affairs 
because we trust what we can see, taste, touch, and feel. Um, and those things that we can't, the things in which we must have faith, uh, too often don't give the, get the same kind of privilege of place as those other things. Um, but Michael and this angel, maybe Gabriel, um, show us that there's a certain there's a certain human quality, a certain earthly quality to even the angels' relationships, um, and that they might provide a model for what human relationships look like here on earth. Because uh, if we really believe that these relationships will persist and that what we experience in the hereafter is all the more important, if for no other reason, then they will go on forever. A prayer for the whole human family, adapted from the Book of Common Prayer. O God, you made us in your image and redeemed us through Jesus, your Son. Look with compassion on the whole human family. Take away the arrogance and hatred which infect our hearts. Break down the walls that separate us. Unite us in bonds of love and work through our struggle and confusion to accomplish your purposes on earth. That in your good time, all cultures and genders may serve you in harmony around your heavenly throne. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with PewPewHQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.